I have such a passion for entrepreneurship. I think mm -hmm. it is the foundation of our economy. I think it's precious. I think it's important. I think we need to lift up those who see ways we can improve society and mm -hmm. want to take the risk to do it. Hello, hello, hello. I am so excited today because I have the Tennis George uh, joining me. Um, Tennis, before I start, um, let me just set this up if you please. Tennis okay. George is a serial tech entrepreneur and a leading advisor on entrepreneurship and building successful co-founder partnerships. I love that. Throughout her career in startups spanning the last 20 years, Tennis has co-founded, scaled, and successfully exited multiple data-driven businesses with the same partner. We are going to get into that. Her success culminated with her most recent venture, Trulio, which she co-founded in 2011. Between 2011 and 2015, Tana served as the COO of Trulio, working to lay the groundwork and building the foundation for the trusted, innovative, and disruptive company it has become today. In 2021, Trulio reached unicorn status. We all partied that day, I remember it, uh, at a US $1.65 billion, that's B with a billion valuation, solidifying its place as the world's leading identity verification company and Tannis's track record for founding successful businesses. Today, Tannis is one of the go-to voices and experts on the co-founder relationship, drawing on her experience co-founding and successfully scaling for technology businesses, advising fast-growing startups, and leading venture capitalists. Her work focuses on how co-founders can function in an open, productive, and symbiotic way to ensure continued and long-term business success. I got through everything in the success. Tennis, thanks so much, so much for joining us today. Thank you, Chris. Your radio voice is enticing. I wonder, oh, it's such a it, successful podcast. Yeah, well, but. it's only successful because you're on it. That's that's all I'm going to say. And you know, and you know that 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 introduction was a little bit longer than we typically do, and so necessary because you've done so many interesting things. And I love the fact that we're focusing on the relationship side of the co-founding um, mm. of it because you know, well, we're going to get into this, but th that relationship is very important and um mm -hmm. you know well well i mean let's let's not jump to the relationships let's just jump to the first the first question okay i just want right. to know about the founding story of truly just share okay. that founding story if you please okay well um it was funny when i read the question i thought so truly you has to actually go back to the very beginning origin story this is okay. sort of the real beginning of truly you because uh truly was a culmination of all the companies that um, Stephen and I built over the previous 15, 20 years that we were mm -hmm. in business together. So it starts off actually with two friends who had lockers beside each other in high school. And that's how Stephen, that's how Stephen and I met. And so over the course of our five years of high school together, we, we became very good friends, uh, did classes together, did school projects together, which I say ultimately was where we sort of laid the foundation for our partnership. You know, we learned how each other worked. We, we learned how we could um, complement each other, how we could push each other's buttons, all the different things, like how do we, how do we navigate this friendship? So mm -hmm. I think that was a real starting ground for, for our partner and future successes down the road. Can, can I ask um, you which high school? Just before, before yeah, we, we went to we went to Holy Cross High School in Surrey. Very nice, very yeah. nice. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so we 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 did that, and then outside of high school, you know, as you do, you kind of drift away a bit from friends. You're just your lives mm -hmm. take different different places. So about a year or so after high school, Steve approached me one day and said, "Look, I have a business idea. 
Um, and I'd love to see if you, you want to help me with it. And honestly, the, the subject matter of the, of the business really didn't interest me at all, but I was really excited to, to get back to doing things with Steven again and, and, and working on something together. We just had such a great, um, ability to build things together in school and stuff. And I thought, yeah, let's do it. So that was how iQuery was started. Mm -hmm. Um, so iQuery was our first business. It uh, came from two teenagers who made some uh, financial mistakes when you're a kid, you know, overspending on your credit card mm -hmm. and affected uh, credit file. And so Steve was down in the States and um, was denied a cell phone because of this mysterious thing we had never heard of, which was your credit report. <laughs> and something you're never taught in school, obviously. Yeah. Uh, nothing important like that is mm -hmm. taught in school. So he said, what's that? And they said, a report card for adults. So, okay, well, let's look at what this is. So being down in the States, you could access that online for US citizens, but up in Canada, we were still doing a very antiquated system that required you to go into a building, you know, hand them your ID, they printed off a form, you looked at it and such. So he thought, you know what, how do we bring this online in Canada? And so that was, uh, that was iQuery. So that was mm -hmm. our um, journey. It was our first startup bootstrapped with um, assistance from family and friends. Mm -hmm. And um, over the course of three years, we built uh, that business up. We brought credit reporting online in Canada mm -hmm. and um, it was acquired by Experian, which is one of the uh, global uh, credit bureaus. Um, Fantastic. So that was acquired after three years. So that was our oh. first, uh, so again, no interest in, in identity. We just sort of fell into it. So mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. began our journey. Um, from there, we started two more companies, each of them three years with an acquisition at the end. NCB Data Services was a uh, marketing firm, as well as the or uh, we orchestrated the acquisition of one of Canada's third national bureaus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that was NCB. It too was uh, acquired as well as us uh, by mm -hmm. Experian. That was using our network uh, to help facilitate that. And then lastly, uh, Ferris uh, was a company that we built uh, with Kroll International to create an identity fraud product that they had in the US. And we helped expand that into the Commonwealth, Canada, Australia, using again, using our network and such. Mm -hmm. So we never actually had to go out and find work. Work always found us and we just built Amazing. businesses around it. So we were really lucky. But that was a you know 10 years in identity and data. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then leading into that became Trulio, which was the fourth and the final. final the fourth, one. the fourth chapter of of potentially yes. many chapters. Come on, okay. we, we we know. <laughs> Very true. Well, 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 okay. So we got the, the the long path of 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 the three three three. I mean, we got the magical rings to begin with. Of, yeah. of you know, the, the almost every fairy tale has threes, and let's have that right. final chapter of, <laughs> of of a fourth or the next chapter. Let's just say. Yeah. So, truly, what 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 was what was the main idea behind it? How did it differentiate from just that simple need of hey, this exists in the states, doesn't exist here? Like this is a little bit more sophisticated. How yeah. how did how did that come to be? It truly was very, um, for us, it was an extremely disruptive idea. So um, it stemmed from Stephen seeing on TV a, uh, a woman in India who had just finally received a, a social media account and was able to uh, have her first actual form of identification, you know, and so really realizing there's so many people in the world who don't have access to a, an ID and what mm -hmm. that, how that denies them from the ability to engage in the online market marketplace. So um, I had just started having kids 
Uh, mm -hmm. I decided after three, a decade of building businesses, I was going to, you know, focus on family. And so mm -hmm. I had done that. And he said, and Steve said, look, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley. I'm going to go and, and take this idea and run with it. And, and I said, awesome, go and I'll help you. But I'm busy over here with two kids under two. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he headed to the Valley, uh, did R&D, uh, started to expand on the idea there. And eventually we decided to raise money. And um, I was helping and going back and forth uh, during pitches. And uh, finally, after about a year and a half of uh, Steve talking to probably every investor in the Valley, uh, we got our first investment and truly you began. But at the time, it, you know, what we were trying to talk about, which was cyber identity and, and, and using alternative forms of identification was very uh, unheard of. Mm -hmm. um, as well as being in the Valley at the time, a lot of investors wanted nothing to do with Canadian companies. It wasn't mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. We were fortunate to have uh, met David Blumberg from Blumberg Capital, who mm -hmm. had invested, was an early investor at Hootsuite. So he was very familiar with the grants that Canadian mm -hmm. uh, startups were accessing, uh, sorry, NED, IRAP, all of those. And he yep. really was yep. like, oh, it's great to work with businesses in Canada. And I think that's really changed. A lot of oh, yeah. um, investors now understand that. But again, we were early. David was early. Mm -hmm. And uh, we and so we began. So we began uh, working on building identity uh, for those who didn't have it. Well, that 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 is such an amazing story. I remember, I remember, you know, I was at an event. I was speaking at an event and one of the one of the Trulios, she, she was actually based in the Valley. Um, okay. This is maybe six years ago uh okay. it was it was uh, put on by the by the uh the, the defate or the global affairs whatever it is okay. and yeah. um i remember it was actually one of the most uncomfortable events for me because it was at dapper or draper draper university oh, no yeah. no okay. draper university okay, okay. Uh, draper university okay. Yeah, right by right by and and you know it was me and um this, i can't remember her name it was lady from trulio she'd just gotten like her mba from stanford or something like that i, right. I can't remember okay and two other great speakers and we were all sitting on these nice benches at, about to ask questions. And my bench went right down to the bottom. Oh, and God. so I am like the short kid among all the three. And I did the big mistake. I said, don't worry, let's just keep going. And then I realized after the first five minutes, I look like an idiot. You know, I've got to figure <laughs> out how not to be looking like I'm the, I'm the little kid at the, you know, at the kid's table and everyone else is speaking. But, but either way, that was, that was actually my first foray into uh, Trulo. Besides, I, uh, I think um, I went and saw your old office, I think it was on Pender or Hastings, yeah, I think it was, yeah, um, during Vancouver Startup Week and was yeah. really blown away by that. Yeah. Um, but I was really blown away by, 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 by this lady who was talking about Trulio yeah. and the mission and because and, yeah. it was all mission-based at the time, not one over a lot of people. Absolutely. And I was just thinking, wow. So, so you know, you're, you're aiming to, to, to help let's say those who don't have an identity, but at the same time, you, you end up creating a whole new category of helping yeah. those who do have identity too. Um, which, which I think, which I think is incredible. Well, well, we'll tell you, I mean, you, 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 you were at Trulio, I think until it was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was 2015. Yeah. Well, well when do you decide that you're, you're, you know, you're going to hand the reins over that this is, you know, the next part of the journey for me. Yeah. You know, I think from the very beginning, the idea was that, um, you know, I would be involved while, while until we could find someone who could step into my shoes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, I found personally it to be 
quite challenging to raise a family. I, you know, like I said, when I started, my boys were two, both, uh, both were under two. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that dualism was, was, I found cooking quite tricky and very tiring. (laughs) So, you know, doing the both. So, um, but at the same time, you know, the experience we had at Truly U was so exciting. It was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life because it is the, it was the essence of startup. It was Mm -hmm. convincing. It was strategy, uh, strategizing. It was, um, you know, really uh, trying to get people to see your vision. Steven's a brilliant vision caster as well. Mm So, uh, so we were able to really, uh, put ourselves in circles of global influencers and be able to say, um, here's what we see as possible. And Mm -hmm. to slowly see them turn around. I remember in the very beginning um, in our little sphere of identity, we would have the the lead of identity at Google who would say, oh, these people doing these things with cyber identity over here kind of poo-pooed it. Um, And then to have within six, eight months later, that person is now our CTO Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and is on board and we're, we're, we've got credibility in it and, and, and sort of that validation of what we saw. And, and that is why I always accredit the start of Truly You began with those 10 years in identity in other spheres where we started to see, and, and it took those years to really identify what needed to be put into place um, for the current, you know, modern world. And so that was how we got started with that. So it was, it was exciting. It was a, a, incredible. It was an incredible journey. That is. And, you know, I just learned that for the last eight years, I've been saying your company's name wrong then. It's truly you, not truly <laughs> O. It's uh, truly you. It, truly I mean, you. And, Which makes and, so much more sense. So since right, your second you said it, I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, all of our companies, most of them were um, how they were spelt and the mm-hmm. name had to do with whether or not we could get the domain. So um, truly you was taken. We probably would have had to pay three grand, which we didn't want to do uh, for it. So we, we created uh, the truly you. But yeah, we get back and forth. Truly O, truly you. Uh, but truly you was where we were initially going. You know, I just, I just realized I've got to start a fa- uh, Facebook, a LinkedIn poll to ask how many of your company's names started because the domain existed. Cause I know <laughs> right? ours was the same, like ours totally. was the exact same. So I think that is a very common journey. Totally. Um, oh, that that's, that's, that's got me thinking. That's I got mean, me thinking. And you know what? I am never going to say Trulio again. Well, I just did, but you know, I am going to say Trulio okay. from now on. And I'm going to correct okay. everyone because the second you hear it, they go, oh yeah. That's, that's witty. That's just, that's just witty. Well, well, we'll tell you what, I mean, one thing that, that, you know, a common theme or a common string that I've been kind of putting, um, putting together with people I speak to is that they, that Canadian entrepreneurs, you know, though they might have different challenges and maybe, you know, with, with every story of success, like, like Trulio going to the Valley and kind of tr- turning people's minds or attentions, just like what you said about Hootsuite, um, you know, that, that Canada is a very good opportunity to do business, but um, you were working with, you know, with, with, with credit, with trust. I mean, at the end of the day, you are 100% a trust-based company. It's all, all, all four of, of the companies. Um, does being Canadian help? Like with, with Trulu, does it help in, in saying, hey, we're trying to affect the world and we're trying to give a trust across it because, because of this? Or is that just a superfluous thought I'm just spurting out? No, absolutely. I mean, it was a massive asset for us, um, especially in the regulatory environment. Uh, when it came to identity privacy, online privacy, all of the uh, all of the regulations that we have here in Canada on a global scale, really assisted us when when the compare the you know the alternative was say a U.S. company, um, 
you know, post Snowden and all that kind of stuff, it became very attractive to work with a Canadian company. We did a, uh, we did a project with the UK government and Google and Vodafone and a whole bunch of uh, sort of big names. And in many ways we were chosen because of being a Canadian company and, and, and such. So definitely in the, in the privacy and online trust world, that's uh, it was a great asset for us to, to, to have that. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, and again, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with this, the, continue with that theme of trust um, because you said, you know, your first three, um, yeah. that's also, they had a similar path in terms of time, but also based on similar relationships. Yeah. So was building that trust say, Hey, we're going to hand this over to you now, you know, get ready to buy it. Um, yes. did, did that help in the, in the, in the relationship? So building that trust within, um, you know, who the potential exits are is like a really good path towards that exit. Yeah, one of the things that I advise a lot of um, entrepreneurs when they're talking about starting a business is for us, we had an exit always identified from the moment we started the business. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we identified who could be potential buyers, um, what it could look like, uh, what you know, what features they needed uh, to see. And we, we really built those businesses on that. Truly, it was the first company that we actually consciously made a decision that it would be a business that we were going to take further than three years. Uh, it was something that we said, you know what, this one here, we've, we've been there and done the build and acquire thing. Now we want to build something that's long lasting and that we could be part of and really experience that journey. So that was a choice. Um, but yeah, definitely it's, um, uh, it, it, the, the market that we're in, our industry, it's very tiny. It's very incestuous. Uh, everybody <laughs> knows everybody. And so we really had to fall back on both our experiences mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the industry, but as well as fall back on our Canadian um, you know, citizenship because of um, our ability to be very neutral. And, mm -hmm. and that was an asset. So yeah, definitely um, our trust, uh, having had two companies um, acquired by Experian, uh, mm -hmm. again, lended us credibility and helped people to trust us and see that, okay, what these guys do are, is valuable. Sure, sure. Well, I, find, I find it really interesting that you, you try to like, with Trulio, you tried to say, hey, let's go for the long shot. Like, let's, let's, you know, let's see what we do. Is, is it because it was more sophisticated or you just love the mission more? Or was there, was there a reason that you didn't have that? Like, hey, we're just going to, you know, we're going to make a difference and get out and, you know, and then do the next thing. What, what, what was really the, the, the soul behind that? Um, so I think it really was the journey. It was the mm -hmm. excitement that this had, this had long-term capability. It was the first time we raised money as well. Mm -hmm. So this was the first time we had the ability to really scale and grow, um, with capital not bootstrapping it. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. was really valuable to us. And, and I think we were just ready to, to do it, ready to see what it was like to build, um, to build this this huge entity that that we saw we saw being a global a, a global business that was mm -hmm, going mm -hmm. to to make a difference and i think we really were excited about the mission and excited about what we could do um in that respect so it was a combination of both the desire to to, to do something uh mm -hmm. new and exciting and try our hands on something challenging uh, but it was also a real belief in the mission that's awesome. I mean, it's an idealistic approach to it. And you need, like, you know, I, I, I always, I always say, Hey, there's a time for founders and there's a time for those who are really good at running the ship, you know? Right. And, but I think when it's an idealistic mission, 
the founders need to be part of it till it gets mass at least it needs because because the second the second that you have that that person and i know the ceo of truly he's incredible like i i his his resume is like vancouver legendary resume (laughs) um but at the end of the day it's almost always if you look at it it's always hey take the reins from someone that founded it and make it that much bigger. Like do it, do it, do it, do a multi-X with it. Yes, but I don't think you can do that until a certain frame and a certain path with, with something like Trulio, because I bet you when you had that conversation, you were talking about how much good you can make for the world as much as how much money you can make uh, doing it. Yeah. And that is a conflict with some people that are there that are ready to set up the company or just make sure that it does that multiple X. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and oh, I just I I I I get so excited thinking about the journey too. When you start something yeah. new, and it's just, mm, yeah. mm, you know, yeah. there there I'm going to go with that. Well, you've always had the role of CEO from what I saw um, in the companies. What what would the main tasks be as the CEO? And um, you know what what why did you choose that title? So um, so I was never CEO. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen was always CEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, CEO, um, you know, it's funny uh, as a co-founder. I think oftentimes what what you see and what I've seen as I've spoken with multiple uh, co-founders that Mm -hmm. outside of the CEO role, um, the second co-founder tends to take on a various set of titles. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in a startup phase, um, that COO or the second, like the two co-founders, the CEO and then whoever, the two or three or whatever co-founders start Mm -hmm. to eventually hire out what they did. So for in, in some instances, I was uh, running the, the, the financials in some ways, you know, I know the corporate culture, uh, marketing, uh, sales, uh, 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 operations. It, it kind of, CEO was sort of the official title, but mm-hmm. in a startup, you're everything. Like yep. you, don't, you don't have it. So I think the COO was just like the form, formalizing title, but mm-hmm. um, especially up to the point where I was working in the day-to-day to truly, I was really had my hands in, in, in everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the CEO was a, like a formal role, uh, but ultimately it's marketing. It's like I said, corporate culture, it's uh, hiring, it's, it's finding office space. <laughs> I mean, it, we were, it was still very much uh, uh, every hat that one wears uh, was, was that. So we all did, Stephen too, you know, CEO by title, but same mm-hmm. time, you know, we were the ones both doing the dishes at the end of the day if, it, if we needed to. So it was everything. Oh, I dig. I mean, at the, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you do the startup, you know, everyone thinks, oh, I want to be the CEO. I want to be the CFO. I want to be the CTO. But at the end of the day, yeah. you guys all are. Like everyone is. <laughs> until, until, you know, you've created space for each other to take yeah. over the roles, right? Absolutely. And I, I think people really need to understand that there is so much lap over until that space is created. And that's part of the, the culture of the company. That's part of the, you know, the relationships, the trust you build within, um, within the company and your, your partners. And, and well, I mean, you... As among other, uh, like probably know the best about trust and, you know, the fact that you and Steven have done, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I mean, I can say that I've only founded companies with my brother, but we're twins. We kind of shared a womb, you know, it was kind of, it was destined to be. So I kind of, I kind of understand that. I mean, you're, you're high school chumps, you know, and, and, and I love that. I love that. Well, you know, one thing that I was really excited about, um, super excited about, in fact, is we talked maybe a month or two months ago about your new latest project, um, which is the co-founders handbook. Tell me, tell me about this, because I think this is something that only you can do in such an amazing way. 
Yeah. So, um, so when I was getting ready to leave the day to day to Trulio, I, I, I had to think, okay, well, as much as I'm excited to go home and work mm -hmm. um, and, you know, be the CEO of my family, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what else, what else do I want to do? And, and I was really thinking, okay, I love public speaking. I love talking. I love mm -hmm. sharing what I know. Um, so then the idea is, well, what am I going to, what am I, what's, what, what, what can I talk about? What is my, what, what do I bring uniquely to the table? And mm -hmm. of course I could talk about entrepreneurship and startups and all that kind of stuff, but it's a pretty, you know, full, uh, a lot of people in that, in that space. So, mm -hmm. but being asked often to speak to entrepreneurs, advise them on issues between their co-founder in their co-founder relationship, I realized that I had a unique perspective in that mm -hmm. just because of my um, history working with Steven and then sort of saying, okay, well, what, what worked for us, you know, it wasn't always perfect, uh, mm -hmm. you know, so where would, where did those challenges come from being able to kind of come after a 2020 vision, after everything settled, mm -hmm. looking back and going, oh, what was different or what, what didn't work, what did, and then, so I decided to ex uh, explore that and I ended up interviewing hundreds of different co-founders mm -hmm. in different scenarios, asking them, you know, what worked for you? what didn't work, uh, you know, why did it fail? Why is it succeeding? And uh, I realized that there wasn't a lot of assistance out there for co-founders and that a lot of them were really struggling in their partnership with nobody to talk to about it. Mm. You know, when you're in a partnership and you, if you're having troubles, you can't really go to your employees. You can't go to, you certainly can't go to your investors, uh, mm. scare the heck out of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't go to your customers. You gotta, you know, your employees need to see like a unified front uh, so, uh, I realized it, it, they needed, uh, founders needed help. They needed help in that mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there also too, finding the right co-founder. So many founders that I talked to said, yeah, you know what, looking back, there was red flags right from the beginning, but I was so optimistic and I was so ready to just build my business that I overlooked that. And mm. now they're dissolving the company. They have to, they're in a legal battle. And um, they're completely a mess because of it. So uh, the, 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 the regret was really high for a lot of founders that when their business um, was affected in the founder space. So that's where I mm -hmm. thought, okay, you know what? I need, to, I need to fill that gap where there's no assistance. So I've been researching and writing uh, what's mm -hmm. about to be launched is the co-founder's handbook. It's in the mm -hmm. final mm -hmm. editing stages right now. It's Very exciting. Never fast enough, but... Mm -hmm in the editing phases and this will be an a to z how to find a co-founder how to navigate the partnership and then how to handle trust uh, um challenges in mm -hmm. as, as you go through and how to exit a partnership uh successfully so it's a whole gamut a to z uh on how to be the right co-founder and find the right co-founder i think that's I, I think that's a super interesting space that people who until they've actually co-founded and and i would even suggest until they've unsuccessfully co-founded a company you don't you don't really learn like I've, I've i've gone through it where it was you know to be honest it was an awesome idea an awesome timing well until dot com thing happened and that that kind of <laughs> killed the timing but you know um we we i had my very first startup that i got right out of right out of ubc you know it was in the, it was in the ski industry okay yeah, i used okay. to be the president of the ski club um okay. so it was a, a company called liftpasses.com okay? okay we were selling ski ski tickets online it was you know we're talking cool. 1999 2000 for you Love for it. you young chickens here um but it was great but you know what it was all based on um a great relationship on developing the tech but the business 
there was just cracks. There was just chinks, chinks in the armor. And it just, it just grinds you. And we were all living together too, right? You know, that, that, and, and, and I would, I would love to have had your advice there when, when the trust gets broken down and, and, and the teams, you know, to go one way, my brother and I, were not going to be, you know, probably go, teaming up on each other. Um, so, but, 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 you know, the learnings I have and from what you said, also about the exits, because I remember, I remember I was in, I was in London um, talking to Gorilla Park, which is the biggest, uh, you know, kind of, um, I guess it was kind of a VC slash, you know, kind of cook cookie. They want, they loved our tech because we had these, um, um, these kiosk systems that were going to sell um, um, these tickets, but it had, this is, you know, I'll go, I'll go, go, we'll go a little bit actually, because it's kind of a cool tech, what we were doing. Yeah. Okay. So we had these kiosk systems in the ski industry. This is 1999, 2000. Okay. So this is before we had instant messaging, before social media, before any of these things. So you got to put yourself in a position, right? But I, I came up with this concept called the buddy server. So they had the, the kiosks at the bottom of the mountain and a couple on the top. And so when you bought your ticket, you would also say who your friends are. And it would say, hey, did you know Bob and Sally are also on the mountain? Did you want to leave a message for them? And so the message would be at the top and then you can meet up, right? Like we're talking cool. early tech here. Love but- it. But Gorilla Park wanted us to put that in the soccer pitches in Europe. They thought this was a super cool idea. And we did too. But I think they could see that I wanted to punch the guy across the table from me um, <laughs> instead. And that was like my only interest for even going to that meeting in London was actually because he was in Australia at the time was maybe I'll be able to take a swing, right? Like, hey, lawyers, I didn't. But did I want to? Oh, yeah, you can you can write that in, sure. in, in any writing. But I remember thinking, you know, well, I'm pretty sure they read through the investors read through that relationship, you know, pretty quickly. But the the happiness that I felt and the relief that I felt when he went one way up to go up the subway or the, the, the what do they call it, the, the tube in London, and I went the other way and just thinking, I'm free. Like, this is honestly the best thing that could have happened to me because this is this was an awesome idea. And it's dead. I think people need to share these type of stories to realize that you got to break up much earlier than that. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Most people prolong, prolong it way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of nightmare stories. I mean, the amount of um, high level founders that I've talked to who are saying, actually, you know what? My co-founder and I aren't even talking right now. We haven't talked to each other in four months. We, we speak to each other through the office manager. I'm shocked how many people have told me that of companies we all know of who are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at that and you go, how do we, I'm a huge I have such a passion for entrepreneurship. I think mm-hmm. it is the foundation of our economy. I think it's precious. I think it's important. I think we need to lift up those who see ways we can improve society and mm-hmm. want to take the risk to do it. And I think in some ways, entrepreneurship's vilified a little bit. It's sort of like I kind of you're put in that space that you're maybe too greedy and you want to be something big. But I don't think that's the case. I think that so many people today, they see ways that we can improve on society and um, they want to, they, they just, they feel like it's inside you. Like I think an entrepreneur, the idea, whatever idea you have, you almost, you can't get rid of it. It becomes mm. part of your soul and you Completely. need to, you need to explore it and you need to do it. And I think it's extremely important that we, we uplift those people who do that. And, and the co-founder partnership, mm-hmm. you know, statistically, you know, on the low end, 24% of businesses fail because of issues between the partnership. So it's a quarter mm. of businesses mm. that fail because the people who started it couldn't, work it out. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, the ability to take this subset 
of people in this world and help build um, a stronger partnership to me is my way of saying, okay, I'm going to help grow society. I'm going to help build and, and help with innovation and all the exciting things that every entrepreneur brings to the table. And I think mm -hmm. um, it's really, really important that we do that. And that's why I'm hoping um, that the, the handbook, uh, we also have the co-founders hub, which mm -hmm. is about to launch as well, which is exciting. Um, an online platform for co-founders to access tools and resources that will help, um, help them find co-founders, help mm -hmm. them um, build communication between um, their existing co-founders, how to handle exiting, um, as well as a community uh, for co-founders to come together where you can share, you know, issues um, in, in not a, a two exposure way. I find sometimes it's, it's a little difficult to talk to founders about their issues because mm -hmm. it's kind of like, it's like asking someone, how's your marriage, mm. <laughs> right? It's very personal. It's very oh, yeah. intimate. And I'm very sensitive to that. So being- Everything's able... going fine. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, very awkward. <laughs> so, um, so the Co-Founders Hub will be that place, that community that will allow um, co-founders to come in and hear stories from other people who have gone in. And that way they can learn uh, from others who've gone through the journey or, or mm. in the trenches and get that support that they need um and so we've got some really exciting things that are going to come and get launched in that respect and uh so we're just going through the building the technology now mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and and hopefully launching soon awesome well that's huge i mean this is such a layer of the onion that i i don't think it's really being touched as much as you surprisingly know surprisingly not yeah but it's so important it's it's imperative mm -hmm. i mean well you're you're data driven i mean all the companies have been data driven what's yeah. or maybe there isn't any but was there any like truths or beliefs that you had prior to, you know, doing some of the research that you realized, wow, that was totally wrong. Like this is, this is, you know, not a fact. Was there anything yeah. that you came across like that? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing was our perspective on partnerships. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times it is given a parallel to a marriage um, mm -hmm. and that, you know, above all things in a marriage, you, you uh, protect the relationship. And I think uh, I always thought that as well. And actually, in, in many ways, that was something that Stephen and I did. We, we mm -hmm. actually made the decision from the very beginning that our friendship was a priority over the mm -hmm. business. And we would always Good. be very careful to take care of that. And while that worked for us, mm -hmm. I think that um, in some ways, one way to navigate emotions and taking things personal in a relationship is to actually put the business first, mm. treat it like I call it the husband of the, you know, like of a relationship. If there's like mm -hmm. the sister wives are the co-founders and then, um, you know, the business, if, if, if everybody can really say, okay, really honestly, despite our emotions and how we feel about this personally, what's the right mm -hmm. decision for the business and being able mm. to look at it that way it actually alleviates a lot of issues. Take, for example, a, a continuous issue that I hear all the time is having family work in business. You know, mm. business starts to grow, capital's still tight. Maybe I'll bring my husband or my wife or my sister into the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oh, you don't want them in the business? Yeah. And it becomes personal. Well, why? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with them? Uh, whereas the actual question maybe should be, who's the right person to fill that role right now. And maybe it is your cousin, maybe it mm -hmm. is your, your son, but maybe it's but rarely not. is. It rarely is. <laughs> yeah. It definitely isn't. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, being able 
to do that. So there's a bit of a shift in this parallel we always do to marriage and and a mm. partnership. And I realize that there are parallels, but they're not. It's That's they're not the same. That's so interesting. You know, I'm just kind of reflecting again because you know, um, having having my brother as a co-founder means that you yeah. know you're not probably going to get a divorce because uh, yeah, no. you know yeah. family reunions will get a little awkward. Um, <laughs> but one thing that we did, and I'm just going to share this as, yeah, as a tool that we do. had, is that anytime that because um, we have multi multiple businesses, actually, people mm -hmm. probably don't know that. But anytime that um, an email, if you're the first one to see that email and it's an actionable email, mm. you're responsible for it. So even if it, that, that's kind of the rule that my brother and I had. And mm. that kept people from saying, you know, from recognizing that, hey, maybe it's a little overweighted this week and a little bit underweighted the next week mm. or whatever. But if you're the first person that got it and it was actionable, you deal with it. And mm. that was All hard that. because because we had a little bit of an overlap, you know, with the tech and the business a, li a little sure. bit. Um, but that was something that really worked worked for us really well. As long as you that. didn't fake it, like you didn't say, oh, I didn't see that because then <laughs> it starts breaking down pretty quickly. But we were really good at like making sure that that was kind of our unwritten rule that was kind of spoken rule um, was that you have to make it actionable if you're the first person to see it. And if you can't do it, then let's talk and figure out how we can do it together. Yeah, that's great, Chris. I, I haven't I haven't heard that uh, take on things and that that's brilliant. And I think that for co-founders, you you know, we're able to give a lot of advice on 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 what worked that I've learned from either my experiences or experiences from other founders. Um, and but it becomes essential for founder like co-founders to find that process mm -hmm. that allows you to share responsibilities um navigate that really fine line of when do i talk to you about something and when do i have autonomy um you know especially founders that don't know each other so much in the beginning mm -hmm. a, a trust has to be built mm -hmm. and so uh, there's a lot of uh, you know collaboration coming together and working together on stuff but eventually as trust grows you can start to do that and say you know what if you get an email you do it you don't even have to include me i trust you mm -hmm. um you know, I always said that, you know, with Steven, I, 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 go ahead. I, here's a blank check with my signature on the bottom. You ever need to sign it, you know, mm -hmm. go ahead. And that was a level of trust that, you know, we were able to, to, to grow to. Um, awesome. And that's a key. It's, it's a really important thing. So trust is essential. That is awesome. Well, I, well, I want to read you a quote. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you who quoted or where, where, who, who, who did this, but we have a little research uh, um, team here. Find this one. So okay. keep yourself motivated, always go above and beyond and never give up. Do you know who that is? No, that's your dad. Oh my God. Oh my God. Dad. We were looking into it. So he, he was a sales fellow. Okay. That's salesperson. right. Okay. I and that. that's right. we found this old quote that, that, that was that, that you had mentioned and that's that right. you, um, attributed to to hit. So, did what did you learn from your dad? No, besides that quote, I suppose. Uh, clearly, actually, those quotes, those, those I probably I don't re remember them all in that line. It was always yeah. like random different things. So, my dad was a door to door vacuum cleaner sales man. So, imagine that. And uh, so, he was very successful. Had a team. He would bring in like Zig Ziglar to motivate his team. Wow. He was extremely successful at it. And so when, um, when I was born um, and as I was growing up, my dad took a lot of that sort of hardcore sales initiative type uh, quotes and, and explained that to me. So as I was growing up, you know, he always said, Tan, it's a, it's, it's a numbers game. Anything that you do, anything you set your mind to, 
you can succeed at it if you just work hard enough, you stay motivated, and you and you and you just keep going. Like it, it's just a numbers game. You'll get better. You'll you'll figure out the market better. And that was just always the thing. Whether I was, you know, tr- wandering to the neighbors trying to get dog walking businesses or lawn, you know, all the things that I ever did as a kid. Um, he was always constantly telling me like, just do like, you can do it. There's no, um, there's no real exterior force against you. You are your own worst enemy in a lot of ways. It was sort of the impression, like it's all up to you. It lands on you, it falls on you. Um, just keep going, keep doing it. Don't give up. And, and, um, yeah, so that, that's in a lot of case, uh, you know, what, what we had to do in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's amazing where these, um, you know, I, I don't want to call it spirituality, but these kind of like these beliefs, you know, yeah. philosophies, philosophical beliefs towards yeah. how you're going to, you know, get through the struggle and, yeah. and, and, and win, you know, whatever the definition of win is, but at least, you know, you're, you're, you're going to do it. It's, it's, you know, it often stems from, you know, the, the, the people that we love and the people that we respect. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I spend, you know, you talk about being a mother of, you know, two, I've got a son and daughter, uh, 15 and six, actually my daughter turned 16 a couple of days ago, my oh, wow. gosh. And, wow. uh, you know, 14 year old. And I spend mm-hmm. so much time at trying to bring them up in the idea of that, you know what, you don't need to do this nine to five thing. You need to do this entrepreneurial thing. And I think you probably had a very similar, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm expecting, I'm expecting your, your, your sons will probably be doing, uh, doing just that too. I, I, I have a, a sticky feeling in this one. Yeah. Um, we started a school actually. So mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. a small school. Uh, we hired a teacher with five other families and um, basically we got rid of 85% of the BC curriculum mm-hmm. and the entire focus is entrepreneurship, financial yep. literacy, economics, and life skills. Another thing yep. as well. Um, uh, so yeah, we're, we're, our, we're, our family is very pro entrepreneurship here. Is awesome, <laughs> very out that, of the box. That is awesome. And, and you know what, for what you just said, you actually got to my next question where I was going to oh, surprise okay. you because my research team actually was going to had me go, she's got a school with the, the, the team. So I'm like, oh, I stole your thunder. So, I'm no, no, sorry. No, no, no. I'm glad that you shared it because I think it's such an interesting thing. And it would be better if you to say, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, so so the, the fact that you did, I think I think it's awesome because, uh, you know, the, again, the world needs entrepreneurs where we change we change the world um, or at least we give it a vision that you know we, we we want it to go in and then hopefully the market agrees with us um you know but you need to do you need to know the tenacity the the the, the you know the energy the needed i mean just what you said not give or, or your father said i mean never giving up like you need to know the numbers and the the if someone says no well five people might say yes so you've got to find those people and forget about getting down by that one person that says no right um well you know, I mean, you, you called your father successful, which, which I mean, it sounds definitely, but I want to know what's, what, how do you define being successful? That's a tough That's one. A, I know it is a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one because, um, you know, I think, I, I mean, you can obviously talk about financial success. Um, um, there's a level of that, that, but I think financial success is just a result of, of being able to execute a dream. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, every business that we started, we, we had a dream for it and we had a vision and I love the startup phase. I love this, huh, here's a problem. How are we going to deal with it? It's, uh, you know, if anything, I always say, 
maybe if I had a superpower for lack of a better term, or what, what, I, what I enjoy doing mm-hmm. is strategy. I love mm-hmm. strategy. I love like, how are we going to solve this problem? Let's try this. Mm. Let's try that. Ex- uh, like I, I'm not details oriented. Mm. Um, um, you know, I'm not, I, I get distracted very easily. Mm. Um, I, I don't always follow through with the stuff that I'm, I'm trying to do. So I have to stay very focused on process um, you know, setting milestones and setting, you know, all these things for myself. But, um, I think that success is that feeling that comes from having a challenge in front of you and conquering it. Mm -hmm. And I think, well, unfortunately today, a lot of times we try and take away all the challenges from people and we try and, um, you know, make life as simple as possible, but, I know for me, looking back and seeing that journey of constant challenges and Mm -hmm, constant mm -hmm. fires to put out and then having come out on the other end and going, oh, we did it. We got Mm -hmm. it. We figured it out is so it just creates a level of contentment that is very I've found difficult in any other area. So success to me is is whatever it is, whether it's, you know, looking at your kid and, and seeing like them sit with their manners and you didn't have to tell them to say thank you. Like it's all these little, Uh-oh, I'm all- unsuccessful there. So okay. <laughs> but these, these, I think to me, that gives that feeling of accomplishment and financially it comes, it can come if you, if you choose the right vehicle, you can work really hard and in the wrong vehicle and, and mm. never truly see financial success, but that doesn't mean you weren't a success at it. It mm. was just that maybe your vehicle didn't have that. It, it had that ceiling, that cap that mm-hmm. you could do. And, and it's nobody's fault and it doesn't mean anything. If you're able to build a billion dollar company, um, you know, sometimes part of that is too, is, is in the right industry. Mm. Um, um, so it, it's a lot of that. So I think success is, is, is yeah, accomplishing your dreams. I love that. I love that. And I love the fact that you're saying the struggle is real and necessary, you know, because yeah. without that, you don't know, you don't, you don't know, you don't know what a win is, you know, it's no. just, it's just mundane. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I, I like to throw, you know, medicine balls at my kids so they can, you know, in the morning, nah, we'll, just, we'll just keep the struggle real here. I, I try to make my kids life as hard as I can. <laughs> But I think that's like, believe important. Me, you'll thank me later. You'll 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like my wife keeps talking about, oh, you know, I want to get the, you know, the, the school. So they have the money for school and they did this. And I'm like, you know, my parents just said, hey, you're going to go to university. Good for you. And that, and that worked for me, you know? So sometimes I think handling or handing it off is, is, is a good thing. And sometimes making sure that they know that they've got the reins themselves is a good thing. Well, you sit on the board of, of, of the Ally Global Foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or did. I do. Or you did. You do. Can you tell me about the work this uh, group does? Yeah. Ally Global is an incredible um, organization that assists women and children rescued out of sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, they also work with um, uh, Canadian companies as well that are uh, working in, in, in basically the trafficking area. So mm-hmm. um, Ally um, uh, works in, in various different countries, Laos, uh, Cambodia, uh, Nepal is, is a key one. I've, I've been there a couple of times to um, just be with the organizations there that take in these children and, and young women who have had just atrocious situations that they've come out of and are able to come into a community of other uh, 
children and other other people who have been there but have found healing and have found uh the ability to you know change their perspective on society around them and 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 see hope and see excitement so ally is an incredible organization amazing uh run by uh an incredible group of people randy watson uh who's worked with a lot of uh, nonprofits in africa and different places and his vision uh for what we can do in changing a lot of these um issues is is huge so i'm very proud very proud you should be as you should be that's well that's wonderful i'm 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 it's sad we need these organizations, but I'm glad that you can be there to help um, guide them um, in, in, in a way that's helping make the world a better place. And it makes sense in the sense of, you know, what Truly You was doing in the sense of, you know, we're trying to identify and, and make people's lives better. Well, you know, we're trying to identify those who, who are definitely suffering and, and try to improve or at least normalize their lives so at least they can have a human you know, a, a dignified existence. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Well, on the afternoon tea, there's these two questions we always ask, okay, and it's kind of our, our typical two, um, you know, because the premise of the of the of the podcast is to speak to you know wonderful uh, Canadian or founders of Canadian companies to prepare that next generation of startups. Um, but the first question I'm going to ask is, what's one piece of advice you can give to that uh, that younger Canadian founder, if you yeah. please? Yeah, I, you know, it's cliche, but I always tell people to make sure they enjoy the journey. Oh, yeah. um, the first two or three companies that we built, I remember just being so stressed out and, mm. so, and so afraid. And so like, is this going to succeed? It was so risky. It was so challenging. Um, uh, but being able to look back and go, okay, well, how can you find ways to, to, to enjoy? How do we do mm -hmm, that? Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly telling people enjoy. And that includes, you know, hiring people for their skill set, but hiring people that you really enjoy spending time with. Oh, yeah. you're, you're really going to be working with people. So that's a key component as well. Who do you love working with? Um, you know, and of course, all the different advice for, for founders looking for partners. Uh, make sure that you do your due diligence. Make sure you have the tough conversations before you sign the partnership agreement. Mm -hmm, you know, those mm -hmm. are the things that, um, and then just be authentic and vulnerable and real with your founder. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no, you know, it's not a win uh, if you're not, um, you know, you're a team. If one fails, the other one's going to fail too. Oh, yeah. So just make sure to always, um, keep that partnership strong, kill the ego, um, be, be the best partner, do unto them as you would want done to yourself, uh, you know, really is, is what the key is and, um, and really protect that partnership so you can protect your business. It's, a, it's mm -hmm. ultimately self-serving um, to do it. That is fantastic. That, that is fantastic advice. I mean, and I, I think best served by Tannis because, you know, you, you not only have you been successful with, you know, multiple, multiple startups, multiple exits with the same person, but also through the research, uh, you know, that you've, you've done. And, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm buying the book and I, I, all, all, all my listeners here, when, when, it, when it's out, I yes. highly recommend you do this too, because this is such important stuff that, that, that we're, we're talking about. Okay. Well, Last question, I promise. I, well, you know, might do a little bit of blah blah because that's kind of what I do, and I'm sure I can drag <laughs> you into this. But last question is: Can you share the name of a Canadian entrepreneurial star or founder that you look up to? 
Yeah, I like that. I like that question because it caused me to reflect and go, okay, so who 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 influences and who do I talk to? And you know, I I, I think back to my journey, especially um, when I was in the trenches of building the startup and just the people that I've seen grow and build go on to build incredible businesses and see their journey as they probably watched our journey uh, go from startup to to where it is today. Um, uh, Nat Cartwright of uh, FinAI, amazing. Mm -hmm. And then um, Alexandra Greenhill, yep. I'm sure you know her. I mean, she's so, mm -hmm. she's so key at, as a networker. She's brilliant. She's so encouraging. She, yep. she always brings people together. She's always there to support. Mm -hmm. um, I had the advantage to be part of an advisory team mm -hmm. uh, for my best helper. And, and uh, just listening to her and, and, and how she, how she, uh, looks at business and looks at the the, the tech community around her. Mm -hmm. She's incredible. Yes, she and then is. just recently, I I've had the opportunity to be um, to meet Dan Barger yeah, as great. well mm -hmm. of uh, Frontier Collective, mm -hmm. and just so excited that he sees the vision for what Vancouver can be, and mm -hmm. why it's surprising that it isn't getting it. Um, it's uh, accolades that it should, and just being able to. Put it on the map for for all the incredible startups and mm -hmm. and really you know pushing it to the forefront so that people can see vancouver is an incredible place to build tech incredible place to have a community um so those are just sort of just some people in my sphere that i've um, three excellent answers not just good those are excellent i mean in fact i think i was i was mentioning i was uh, hanging out with dan last night for the yeah. uh for the collision countdown to collision uh, because I know. I know with the Frontier right. Collective, um, they're going to have a, a, a big night, and yeah. I already I got the 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 uh, the, the sign up form for the yeah, for the evening. Uh, I am looking forward to it. Are you going to be there too? I am. Yes. Going to be great. It is going to yeah. be great. Collision is one of my favorite events, so I am yeah. so excited. And not the online version, you know. No, thank I'm God. I'm sorry. Yeah, COVID be damned. There is <laughs> no right. online form going to happen here. <laughs> well, Tans, thank you so much for sharing so much. You know, gold with me today. I'll actually call this gold because you. Um, you came from a different angle that, that a lot of our, a lot of our guests um, do. And I think what you're sharing is so important. And I'm, I'm so excited about what you're going to be doing through, through the novel, through the hub, through all of this, because the amount of layers of value that you can, you know, identify help and, and, and just, you know, provide is, is instrumental uh, to, to the success of these companies. And I don't think people really understand until you've done the journey, how important this layer is. Um, and someone who's done it multiple times as, as yourself successfully, um, you know, I, 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 well, I'm just, I'm just excited about, about how much value you're going to be able to pass on. And I, and I thank you for all that work. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking forward to it. We, um, at the hub, we'll be able to do get other stories from people because stories are so important. Oh, it yeah. just feeds wisdom into other people. So, um, the book and, and stuff people can pre-order or at least mm -hmm. sign up for the pre-order notification at the cofoundershub.com. So they can go there and if they want to get notified on that, um, Perfect. yeah, we'll be, we'll be promoting it for sure. Excellent. So let me re let me say that again, the cofoundershub.com. You should be going there right now uh, as okay. we speak. Okay. Well, Tennis, thank you so much. And, and, and you have a glorious, glorious sunny day and we'll see you in Toronto. Awesome. Take care. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode and that is awesome. Thank you. 
In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at podcast at ttt.studio. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T at TTT, that is three T's, dot studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.